I will go out on a limb here and publicly say that is the best I've seen England play in 20 years. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up on the road in London, England, where rugby started and it's appropriate that we're here when England is in the Rugby World Cup final. I'm here with Englishman Mike Friday and Scotsman Steve Lewis, and he is reluctantly here talking positively, perhaps, about England versus South Africa. Uh, guys, we can't believe that we're here talking about this match, literally, with England in the final. Yeah, well, I'm, there, I'm reading the Times this morning, and as per usual, English press, they're talking about the victory parade for Tuesday that they're planning. So that's just classic. That having been said, I will go out on a limb here and publicly say that is the best I've seen England play in 20 years. I thought they were dominant from the word go. Actually, they were worth more of a seven-point lead for 20 minutes. Uh, bullied the All Blacks, thoroughly deserved the victory, and played some pretty good rugby. And that's all I'm saying. Two tries even disallowed for England in that performance, and only because of the existence of the TMO, really, right? And how do you look at that match as, A, an Englishman, and then as a rugby guy? I mean, I think, the, and, I, and I mean this, and I don't mean this in an arrogant way, I think the score flattered the All Blacks. I, I genuinely do. I think they were disallowed tries, but it just shows that, you know, it was you know, a hair's width in both, in both mm. instances, which could have been missed in, 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 even in these modern times, which sure. would have been another 14 points, which would have made it just a, you know, an, an absolute drilling. But I think the significance of the defensive performance was that. I mean, I think the reality is the teams were evenly matched, but basically Underhill and Curry, they dominated the back road. That was where the game was won defensively. I think Itoji, of course, is, is, was phenomenal, but... Those, it was. Those t yeah, those two boys just destroyed the All Blacks wherever they could and they won valuable turnovers between them. They hunted as a pair, which then meant that Aaron Smith couldn't operate. And, and all of right. a sudden, the, the All Blacks are under pressure. So I think, you know, England played a, a first-class game, first-class game, um, and, and fully deserved the victory, which we were all sitting there. But 60 seconds, you were like, did we just, did we just see that? Did we just see that? And they didn't let up. Um, I look at the, the way they looked at the hacker and there's a, an English way that we do the V. There's two ways of doing it and I'm not sure which way that that was uh, interpreted, but I would hazard a guess that's a little bit of Eddie Jones' humour. Um, I thought it was great. It's, cle it's clever, it's smart and, and he's got a way out whatever way he wants it interpreted. <laughs> and the fact that World Rugby are considering finding England is an absolute nonsense. You can have your hacker, you can do your hacker, but teams should be allowed there. The way they want to respond to it is up to them. A couple of quick questions about the other match. And we'll get back to this one, but Alan Wynne-Jones, yeah. his legacy. No, I mean, I, I, think, I think you saw at the end what it meant to him and what it meant to Foxy Davis in terms of they'd emptied. And I think the reality is that, that he's, he's an experienced man, he's been around the block and has delivered time and time again, but he's played 80 minutes pretty much every game. And, you know, player performances and his energy levels he's not as young as he was you know but they they needed him out there I think 
getting uh, Jonathan Davis back was great, but then losing Liam Williams the next day was the little bit that just, and I thought Halfpenny was outstanding, but Liam Williams is, is the X factor, the difference, which could have been the difference to unlock things. And George North. Yeah, losing George as well, but uh, you know, when, when you look at it, uh, the bit that I can't work out is they, they, you know, I was screaming when they took the scrum, they should take the three. And then as soon as he got the charge, absolutely that was the right yeah, decision. Right, yeah. But they got themselves back into the game and they had two opportunities, I, th I thought, to, to run a drop goal, drop goal routine to probably then keep the scoreboard ticking to go to get three points ahead. With Patchell. Yeah. Um, Prince, the one, Harry. The one, Prince Harry. The one he took was a long way, but there was two times where I felt they could have set themselves up for a routine. And they did take it. And then how rugby goes, 79th minute, Francois Lowe turns one over, penalty, penalty, Pollard, who kicked, again, superbly well, but not a lot else. And they win the game by three. Okay, so on the South Africa side, now they've got to face England. And I'm just curious, because you know, I, I picked Faf de Klerk as my guy to watch in this tournament, but I also said Pollard was the most overrated fly half in the game. And as soon as he, he didn't miss it. In the, in the tournament, the left, I said he was the, arguably the, the least impressive out of six because if you counted Barrett and Farrell as fly halves or, you know, or Ford. Yeah. But anyway, the clerk, is he too feisty and can England get in his head? Because you saw him go face to face with the, with the huge guy with the beard, right? With the oh. ball, right? And can they, can they use that? Can Farrell get inside his head and get him out, off his game? Because he almost cost them climbing over for that, yeah. that penalty. I think I think that was more linked to the mistake he'd just made rather than ball getting in his face because he just knocked on. He managed to get the ball back and, and, and then I think it all got carried away. I think the reality is he operates in the Premiership. So I think the likes of Farrell and all of that mob, sure. he's used to that. And I think the interesting thing is for South Africa was a, was a, a comment that Habana made is that is his kicking is not is erratic. So normally their wingers know how far it's going and how long so they can get their runs right. With, with Faf, it's a very erratic of how long or how high they go. So I think his accuracy as a box kicking is something that is going to be something that England could look to target. Faf de Klerk is, is a proper handful. He's proved it in the Premiership yeah. week in, week out, yeah. being a possible you know, player of the, the year last year. So uh, I think, you know, if, if, if I'm Eddie Jones, I'm happy I'm playing South Africa, not Wales. First and foremost, irrelevant of all the jibes and the, the banter that's going on between him and that. Gatland, yeah. the reality is he's, he didn't want to be playing Wales because that doesn't suit them. Right. Playing South Africa does. Um, and I think, if anything, if Sinclair's fit, that's the one that the South Africans will, will, will go for. And I think Sinclair's been outstanding for England this World Cup. He's just been doing that little link play and he's been very focused yes. at scrum time. And I think if they can keep Sinclair and then get him on the pitch and keep him then I, I, I think that's where England can move around this South African power defence game because they need to be a little bit shrewder and uh, detailed on these little tip passes to change the point of contact, which is definitely going to be coming in this game. Right. So, so, and when are we going to be? At 5am. Don't know yet. City. Don't know yet. It's evolving. This is an evolving. Uh, the pig and whistle. I, I might be here in, in in England watching this thing. I'll be so. in Tokyo. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, still. I'm probably ruling out Tokyo right now, but I'm. It's still. Well, especially if you've got to get an underground there, I'd rule it out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So who's who's winning by what? Uh, I'm going England, um, and I'm going to go England by ten. England by twelve. 
I'm gonna, you're gonna have to get that in the microphone. You're, I'm sorry. Did did you say you were you were picking England? I'm on the England record. Am I on the record? Yes, you are absolutely on the record. On this occasion, England by twelve. I'm going England with ten, by ten. Yeah, and, and I think it's good. But I think it's going to be a nail biter for the most part. Um, they, neither team can afford a, a guy in the bin. Hey, here's one final point for me on this. If England play the way they played in the semi, and South Africa play the way they played in the semi, I really hope England wins. We'll say it. Yeah, you, you know. They game. Yeah. I, I, think it would be a try, I think it would be a mistake to keep kicking the ball to England. I think, that if, if anything, for South Africa to have a chance, they need to retain possession as much as possible and keep the ball out of the playmakers on the other side. Or kick accurately. Yeah. yeah. They've got to find grass and touch if they're going to do that. Yeah. Not just the aerial ping yeah. pong again. All right. Uh, I want to thank Mr. Mike Friday and Mr. Steve Lewis, who picked England here in England, ladies and gentlemen. If you have no idea what that means, you have to come out of your cave and, you, and I hope the coma doesn't go back in. But on behalf of Mr. Mike Friday and Mr. Steve Lewis, and uh, Reese Patchell, who is a combination of Alex Magleby and Prince Harry. I'm Matt McCarthy in London for Rugby Wrap-Up on the Road.